Welcome to another deep dive episode of Hell of a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit, and joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And experiencing this all for the first time, Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast that pits the three of us against each other for over an hour uh, to see how many times we can make each other submit to, you know, for the for the belt. Yeah, I, I kind of wondered what an Iron Man podcast would be, but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. And I'm hoping that our uh, this is not a podcast the length of the match that we watched for this. Um, but as far as what that match is, I'm going to kick this over to Bobby Hankinson, who this deep dive was his idea. He's going to let us know why. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at the main event of WrestleMania 12, HBK versus Bret Hart in an Iron Man match. Some folks consider this the greatest wrestling match to have ever happened. Uh, it is also like wildly divisive. There's also like a lot of people who think it's wildly overrated. Uh, you may recall from our original, when we kicked off this project, that this is right before I ever started watching wrestling ever. And I got very into it right after this WrestleMania. So this always loomed large in lore in my mind, but I have never actually sat through this match. Wow. Uh, so this, I've just been like hmm. so excited to, to like dive into this one and going back to it was quite an experience. Uh, and there's so much to talk about with the match itself with the history of the two guys in it and with the moment in time where it was like literally just like the spark before the attitude era and all of the moving pieces that were happening in the industry at the same time that make this, I do believe one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. It, my mind is blown. Before we get into that though, I just need to say once again, I hate the Peacock app. I hate it so much. <laughs> I could not. Why? What do you mean? Why, why, not, why would you hate that? On the great PlayStation app. app version of it, I was not able to advance the time at all. So I'm I'm doing the fast, <laughs> I'm doing the fast forward thing. I'm hit, I hit like 125 on there, and I just get a yellow circle around on there. I tried queuing it up on my phone. Eventually, I had to hook up my laptop to the TV because I want to watch it in big. And I do need to say that um, before we started this project, I decided to go back a little bit just so that I had a little context. So this is the second time I'm watching this, but with the added um, hindsight of everything that we've talked about up until now. So, Bobby, do you want to get into um, kind of a little bit of the history? The the boy, the 12-year-old boy who sought to be a man. Well, so thinking of what's happening in the industry writ large now, because this is right where, I mean, Diesel was on this pay-per-view. Um, so this is like right before Razor and Diesel were heading to WCW, kicking off all the NWO stuff, really uh, changing the, the face of the industry. So these big guys are moving on. And there's a new generation. The Rock was just signed. He hasn't debuted yet. Austin's just turning into Stone Cold. All the stuff that we saw, that we've seen play out. But all those, Mankind would premiere, I believe, the next night on Raw. Uh, so all of these things, this is like just a little crinkle, just a little precipice. So there's like all of this uh, energy around change and who are going to be the next top guys uh, to take over for all the guys they've just that are recently defecting, the big names that are just defecting, and who else might defect, uh, and what is that going to be? So that's what's happening, like in the in the industry more largely, uh, and also you know if, depending how much you want to peel back this onion or like unravel this thread, 
D, uh, Bret Hart got the belt off of Diesel around Survivor Series, and who knows if Diesel was going to stay, if he would have gotten it back or something. There would have been some other story that would have never got us to the point we're at today for a million different reasons. But we've seen like a few of these moments where like, wow, had this injury not happened, had this like other outside thing not happened to make all these pieces perfectly fit together, uh, so much could have gone wildly different. And it's these this this feels like one of those moments. There's a lot of stuff like happening. That's like, uh, that I think like makes this feel like a really special moment. Uh, and there's so many things that could have gone a little differently. and would have been booked a little differently. And this is a huge, uh, inflection point in the style and presentation of wrestling at all. And watching this, it was so distinct, like how kind of like charmingly hokey. I felt like it was, Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to like what we're used to seeing now that I actually thought it was like really charming in some of its cheesy ways. Uh, but it's changing that and the style. Vince was always for bigger guys. He once told Bruce Pritchard, Jim Ross, that Shawn Michaels would never be the top guy because he's little and Brett was little. And there's a sort of this not this idea that these are not like the kinds of stars we have. And so that's even changing uh, in real time. And that doesn't even get into the personal history between Shawn and Brett. And then to put it in context of the evening, this is following a match where Roddy Piper strips Goldust down to the lingerie he's got under his wrestling con- costume and knees him in the gold dick. Yeah, Roddy Piper looked great. I was like that. I saw like a uh, you know proto. Um, what's his face, John? What's it? Oh God, I'm losing. You know he's at AEW, but he was he was part of the Shield. John oh my Moxley. God. John Moxley, proto John Moxley stuff there. Yeah, he's on his way out as as a lot of this old guard is now to to make way for what we've been watching. Um, the package before certainly emphasized that HBK is a male stripper. <coughs> yep. <laughs> um, the promo the promo was extremely muted. I thought like or like they were just kind of like. You know, like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go after him. I think that's what I'll do. Uh, at one point, I think it was, um, uh, Brett who says, one man's sunset is another man's sundown. And I was like, uh, I guess that's only true for like people who are in, you know, like America and Europe, right? Like how many, how many places are 12 hours apart? One man's sunset is another man's sunrise, maybe? Oh, sorry. That's what he, that's maybe what he said. One man's sunset is another man's sunrise. But we're, we're, my record, point we're being, recording this near dark, and Eric is sundowning over there. So <laughs> sun's getting real low, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to don't ask me to draw a clock. Um, but you know, like the, yeah, I was like, oh, that's only that only works for like you know only a couple places where they're twelve hours apart. But okay, I get it. But yeah, everything like to get to um, Bobby's point about like the presentation, it had a very. Um, sports presentation out of the sports entertainment. It felt like they were doing a like a heavyweight title match, you know, for boxing or 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 you know mixed martial arts or whatever you want to call it. Although, how many builds for a big boxing match have a, a shot into one of the competitors' rumpus rooms where he's wrestling with dad? Or or how many of the competitors come in on a zip line? I you know, not, not many. Enough, we're not even but... there. Not enough. <laughs> we're not even there yet. <laughs> Uh, I, I yeah, this definitely had like a big fight feel to it, and that was like by design. 
because the story you yeah know, keep in mind this is you know at this point and things we can I want, we can talk about it more in the match itself but this is a babyface babyface match and it's headlining yes. wrestlemania uh and, and all that so there's like a lot going into this uh that kind of complicates it but there's also this idea that these are these two young bucks for lack of a better term uh and they are at the top of their game and they really are working to be the best at something there, there's so much shoot to this that you know we talk about some of the best stories have a little bit of reality and this one has a just a perfect amount of reality because the story they're telling is the truth brett hart is this guy who did everything by the book and was this perfect professional wrestler as he understood it to be and did everything perfectly and by all accounts should is the best in the world and should be treated as such and then here's Shawn Michaels, who's who's daring and charismatic and has all this, like, uh, intangible star power uh, kind of coming in and, and, and stealing his spotlight and taking his spot. And this should be Bret Hart's moment. And here's this sort of upstart kid who has kind of, like, this fucking chip on his shoulder. And meanwhile, Bret has been, like, perfect and stone-faced and Canadian his whole boring life. And, and like, it's these two characters that it's who they really are. It, it, the clash of it is just great. They, they, that's why I feel like the sort of Rocky four setup for it uh, worked, even though I do think uh, they get cheesy at times. Well, as Shawn Michaels says, now it's time for the final chapter. Never, ever going to hear between anything between these two guys ever again. No, no history between these two guys after tonight at WrestleMania 12. Well, they'd also decided that Brett was going to be taking some time off after this beforehand, which I love because I think that also adds gravitas to the match that take him off for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But he was going off because he was going to shoot a TV show, a season of a TV show called Lonesome Dove that got canceled. <laughs> oh, I know Lonesome Dove. Brett wasn't Hart that with... um? was going to be on it for a season and then they got canceled. For a whole season? Which is very Bret Hart. You know what I mean? Bret Hart has like a Frank Grimes quality to him with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. And when you, and it's, you don't have to do a lot of work to get there in this story. Like, because it's real and it's really there and that underpins so much of it that we'll talk about in the action itself. But just in the build and the framing of this story, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a perfect little flavor that's added to it. Well, before we get to I the thought movie. Lonesome Dove was, uh, I thought Lonesome Dove had, um, I guess it's got Ricky Schroeder and Tommy Lee Jones. I thought it had, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, oh my God. Um, John, Don Johnson, but maybe I'm thinking of that, the show he did, like the Texas Ranger show or whatever. Yeah, all those things blend together for me. Anyway, sorry, go on. Well, before we get to the match itself, we learn that Gorilla Monsoon has been made officially the president of the WWF. And then... I didn't vote for him. (laughs) And then we have Shawn Michaels, and as they announce, about to come down the aisle as his music played. But wait a minute, Shawn Michaels isn't there. That's just Jose Lothario. Jose Lothario, just like, I just feel like I wish they would have tried something. You know what I mean? Like, I wish mm-hmm. Paul Ellering would be like, you know what? Let's lose the Cosby sweater. Let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's, mm-hmm. you're going on, this is WrestleMania, sir. Like, can you put on a jacket or at least like a cool t-shirt? <laughs> they He definitely was like the the Mickey character, right? Like he was, uh, it, 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 that, that really followed the sports model of just like, you know the the storied um, 
at a guest manager, you know, the ring, yeah, the, the ring guy, the veteran who's just like, you know, he doesn't, he, he's not, he's not all flash in the pan. He's not, he's not a, he's not a manager. He's, you know, he's just his trainer. Also, um, another element that I forgot to mention too, between this, uh, Brett and Sean, North and South, uh, Brett, Canada, Calgary, obviously like close associated Sean, San Antonio, the Lucha Libre style, a little bit more in there. There's also that element to it too. Making, again, making this perfect. Uh, but that side of Jose Lothar reminded me. And talking about perfect, I mean, from the WrestleManias that we've watched since then in this run that we're doing, has anybody done an entrance as cool as Shawn Michaels coming down on that zip line? No, and nothing that we've seen since. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, uh, yeah. It's simple. It's to the point, And it is talk about a crowd pleaser. And like more than anything, I was like, man. At this point in time, Shawn Michaels is hot as fuck. And you know me and long hair. Even still, I can't deny I'm like, wow, that is one. I can tell, like, he's he reminds me of, like, Fabio in a way where I understand as an abstract concept that Fabio is incredibly sexy, but in a way that's almost transcended physical sexual activity. <laughs> he's almost psychologically sexy. Like, and there's, you know what I mean? Almost like, a, like an AI um, distilled down version of what sexy is. Well, and you mean like platonic, the platonic ideal of sexiness. Basically, I guess. And he's got yeah. his hair pulled back so tightly that, and with the, the, the motorcycle cap on, that sometimes I, I got to feel like you, you can't even tell that he has long hair. Yeah, and here, like, he looks like just like youthful and vibrant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't look like, he, he tends to look more washed up as the years go on. Uh, I mean, who, yes. who among us? Um, but here's... Horse break kid, rode hard, put away wet. But here he is, at, like at his absolute peak, at his absolute in his absolute prime, and honestly, not even having his best matches still ahead of him, still having his best matches ahead of him. But wow, just I mean, like when he comes down, it is electric, and those women that are around him are trying desperately to fuck him, like on <laughs> camera, it like live in person, they are ripping his clothes off. It is, uh, <laughs> it is wild. And then Brett comes out, and it's so boring. It's like Brett. Epaulets yeah. are not a personality. Uh, Brett Brett comes out and then he like hands his he hands his um his glasses to a boy who I think is named Blade. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> I, I think I think son. the child's name was Blade. I think that was his son. So his son's name is Blade. Does that? I mean, I mean, I don't, don't quote me on that, but also that sounds true. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not not true. It sounds true, so and I'm going to leave it at that. Because, <laughs> but that was Bret Hart's stick. He always gave his glasses to a kid in the audience. That's like his like game right. Game. I remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I by the way, back to the 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 question that was posed: Has there been a better entrance? Definitely not any of the Triple H um, Terminator franchise related entrances I've seen. But I I did I do kind of have a soft spot for. Um, for Rusev and Rusev the Tank. in the Tank is fucking awesome. I was just talking about uh, WrestleMania 13 through 16 that we've watched for this. Because so, I feel like WrestleMania, when it embraces the pageantry and when it fits with um, fits with the person really well, it and, and that's what it is right here. This guy is flashy. This guy is larger than life. Fuck it. Let's put a zip line. Do not put anyone else in a zip line. I do not trust you, WWF. Fun fact. Yeah, After right. 1999. Uh... But... 
when this when they set this up, the first person to test it, the first person to test it, Vince McMahon. Before the stuntman, like the first person to test it was Vince McMahon. Oh my god! Uh, then Sean did it. Also, I learned um, part of this that when they did the WrestleMania recently, where Gronk was the host and he jumped off that thing, that also to get him to do it, Vince did it first too, and Vince is like eighty. <laughs> and that's by the way blade blade is definitely the first name of one of uh bret hart's children it's blade and jade and alexandra and McCade. dallas oh. <laughs> <laughs> wade slade but i also think the entrances were cool but they what I liked about my Mouse entrance too is that it it is decidedly not cool. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? That that wasn't a cool aesthetic to come down in almost like a uh, country music nudie suit, kind of uh, covered in mirrors and stoned. It's just like there's some like cheat carnival cheese to it that like I really I just really liked it. I was like, this is so like it's not wholesome, but I don't know. Yeah, just cheesy. It just had like a little like a zipline and spangles. It's, it feels like uh, an early scene in the Selena movie. Yeah, yeah, he had a. It was like a. It was like Evil Knievel a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has like a county fair carnival element to it at a grander, at a bigger scale, but it's not trying to have like Snoop Dogg bring down Sasha, which feels like real entertainment doing things in a way that you know uh, is more a little more mainstream. What did you guys think of the commentary team on this? Oh my god, I just <laughs> I, I I you could I don't mind when you're a heel announcer, but I do mind when you're a brain dead announcer. Where all of a sudden you're like, "Well, what happens <laughs> if the match happens?" And they're like, "What?" Like that's the yeah. And what happens if the ceiling collapses in? Then nobody wins. I guess he wins, huh? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but but also like I think okay, so what you're what you're alluding to is. Jerry Lawler essentially being like, so what happens if he gets him in a sleeper hold, for example, and he passes out uh, and then the match ends? Does that mean that the other guy wins? And and Vince would go, yes, that's that's what that means. Um, I think a lot of that stuff and like and like harping on it, a lot of it point pointed to me, at least to one of the uh one of the one of the the issues with the match that I had, which is that they whoever set up the the Iron Man match did not understand sports or like they they understood sports in the way that like J.K. Rowling understands sports. Like Quidditch doesn't make sense as a game. Um, like the mechanics of it are silly, and I think the mechanics of this made no sense either. See, this is where this is the great debate. You know, because I think this match also uh, was a test of my 2021 attention span. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think what the argument is against the Iron Man match, which the the person behind this Iron Man match, Pat Patterson, was his idea. He wanted to do the Iron Man match. He wanted to remain at WrestleMania with this ending. Uh, Brett, I think, did the first 25 minutes, though, led the match. And then Sean uh, was in charge of the rest. Uh, But it was a group effort and it was executed perfectly as does as by design now there are those that say the iron man match is inherently flawed and i believe this is what you're saying eric because basically you just need to watch the last minute 
it's like you don't what's the point of watching anything ahead of that because all that matters is really the la- the end of the match and you know exactly how long no. it's going to be so it's not like um most contact sports where it can happen at any moment and so you lose that element of the thrill that is not actually it for me i mean um look i you know you could say the same thing about basketball and some people feel the same way about basketball but i don't think that's exactly true i understand the argument that that it's the journey to the end, not necessarily the not knowing when the end comes. What I think is fundamentally flawed with the Iron Man match as it was drawn up was they have a scoreboard that said zero zero the entire time. And that to me is like it was like an unfired gun. Like, okay, are there are there a, 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 are there a lot of sports games where there are, you know, uh, there, where there's perfect defense and nobody is getting a score in? Yes, of course there are, right? Like we we talk about pitching shutouts. Lawler kept saying they both are pitch, they're both working a shutout right now. Totally makes sense. But for the first Iron Man match you're ever going to have to not pull the trigger on having pins or or submissions or things that show how that mechanic works or that how that mechanism works to me is just like narratively it's really un it, it, it it's unsettling and it makes no sense because you're just like oh so this is this is just like a long match and not to take away from the fact that it's a long match we don't see our long matches but like it's just a it's just a long match, and then they go into sudden death overtime. Oh, so you mean it's just a match? Like everything was like, oh, so it's just a match. It's just a match, and it's just a match, and that's fine. But like the the mechanics of the Iron Man match were basically just it was like uh you know a vestigial organ. There was no there were, you know sure you know you can have a thing on there that does nothing, but like. Why build all of this stuff around that fanfare and not play with what you have, you know? But I kind of like that, though, in seen Iron Man matches since then, and they make less sense when there are a lot of pins in there, when there are a lot of falls. Because if that's happening, then if you've weakened your opponent to the point where they've they've given up the pin, then... um, then what's to, to stop you from just like continually beating them up and continually getting pin after pin after pin? I think there's a lot more suspension of disbelief in that that has to happen for that. And again, I'm uh, thinking about um, an Iron Man match that's coming up. Thinking about um, Sasha and Bailey's Iron Man match. There is definitely something to that, and a great story can be told with that as well. But for this being the first one here and not really knowing exactly what the the mechanics of it are, I think that they acquitted themselves fantastically. Well, and I think that there's two goals here that they're playing with that expectation in particular. I think because people are expecting it to be multiple falls, it's almost, I don't want to say a swerve, but it's, it's playing with the audience expectations and therefore increasing the tension because it's like, well, come on, they're not going to have an Aragorn match with no pinfalls. I mean, certainly at some point someone's got to pin someone, otherwise what was the point? You know what I mean? Like, they're they're mm-hmm. actually counting on that reaction because it heightens up the tension throughout 
to, to be like, well, this has to be the pinfall or like this move. Sure. Certainly, surely at some point we got to be hitting pinfalls at some point. So I think that it wraps it up and they're playing, they're telling the story. They're telling it that these two are so evenly matched. So move for move, which I think, which if we start going into the action itself, I think is also the story they're telling there. Because uh, to me, even though uh, you know, I, I will not disagree with folks who say that there's, this is slow and, and boring at times, an hour long match, but I did think that all of the counters and reversals and rest holds felt realer than normal, and the, like the response time and the reactions felt more real like they were you know honestly trying to outmaneuver each other and less so like a like the choreography we're used to seeing uh yeah and that made it i think a little bit more that made it a little bit because they felt the whole time they were that evenly matched these two were really moving and it felt like they were really trying like they were really trying to out wrestle each other i felt like uh which made it feel a little more ufc and whatever which to me you know i don't like but not it, it was a balance right i still think there was enough of the athleticism and acrobatics that we're used to that make wrestling a little bit more of a, of a engaging watch. And I think they planned big spots throughout it. And it definitely had peaks and valleys and it wasn't like a big ramp. Like we usually see in matches today. I think there was much more ups and downs in it in terms of the pacing. Um, but yeah, the story they're telling is that how equally matched these two are. Uh, no, I, I get that. I, I get that. I get, and look, um, you know, I understand, I think it's interesting that you that you were engaged with it, given how closely related it was to UFC in that way. Um, I sometimes I think, okay, you know, look, you can you can say uh, that you know, like, man, they they were just so you know they were they were swerving to you know because that's the expectation and it worked. But like we we know from experience that they always that like they always have an uh, a an urge to swerve sometimes maybe one or two more times than they need to. And I, I get it to a certain degree. I get that it, that it heightens tension, but then also sometimes it's just like, okay, man, sometimes it's just a swerve. And like, I don't know. I, 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 to Aaron's point, I don't think every pinfall has to be, you weaken this person to the point where he's pinned, right? You can have pins, you know, they've had these, they've had pins before that were like surprise pins. And like, you know, wrestling, like real wrestling, does not. You know, it's not that that you broke a man down and you pinned them. It's like you outmaneuvered them. And you know, I think, I think you, I think there's a story that can be told and probably has been told. I haven't seen other Iron Man matches, but I'm sure there's a story that has been told where you see people who are, you know, who who are, you know, kind of wily and slippery and. They're, they can be evenly matched, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you just, you get the advantage for one move and then the opponent gets the advantage for the other move. So I think, I think there's room for those, for that kind of story as well. I will say, Eric, I think that three pins is the best number of pins for an Iron Man match. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think that's fine too. You know, like you get, you get one pin to be like, oh, you took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. You get one, you get one pin for, well, I just saw you and I can do it back. And then you get one pin to be like, okay, now we're both on our guard. Now we see who wins. Yeah. And that's the, that tends to be the typical Iron Man match. I feel like that is the trope. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. the, they, that is like the, the tropiest way they set them up. And that's the same way they mm-hmm. that's the same way they book matches really now. Like rub, it's basically everything's a rubber match, you know? Like that they, they tell that same story yeah. when we're gonna make both guys look strong. 
Right. Right. And look, you know, again, um, they can, I would love, I, I would I, love to watch an Iron Man match where somebody, where for an hour, someone gets pinned like 14 times and just can't get one back. That would be amazing, right? Like, could you imagine if they, had, if it was like Gilbert versus like Steve Austin? Or even, I, I don't know, like, uh, like an MJF versus Jericho where, where one of them just is, it like keeps getting frustrated and keeps getting knocked off of their game and just like gets completely destroyed. Yeah, I think I, I I think there's room for a lot of these stories, right? Like I think and th- this is what I kind of this is what I mean when I kind of say like there's a there's a sort of fundamental like they are not sports entertainment because I don't know how much they like sometimes I don't know how much they understand sports because they they uh they graft some of the sports elements on but they don't always know like all of the aspects of sports that can be kind of fun and satisfying. Like I, you know, once in a while it's funny and it's, and it's good to have a blowout. I don't know if you're disagreeing with this choice, but I don't get the the greater point you're making because they didn't make this choice. Like uh, uh, this is where you're losing me in the sports stuff. Sure. So I think the greater point I'm making is that, um, they, they try, they try to use, sports structures at times but i don't think they always fully understand all of the stories that sports tells and how those could be brought into wrestling but when we're talking about the first one of these and how many soccer games do you watch where you've got zero zero down at the bottom of your screen the entire match and everyone's like that was an incredible match those two those two teams just yeah like, isn't that what's happening here? Yes, but those soccer games are like are like uh, one like a, a, a tie tie soccer game is one out of a you know what nearly infinite series of soccer games that have already been played. Like, so almost, think about almost unique enough to put as the main event of your biggest pay per view of the year. Something okay, so no, special and exciting. No, that's not what I'm saying though. <laughs> so, so that's not a, what I'm saying. So I think you're missing that implication. I think I think I get it. So since we're seeing the first Iron Man match, this is the first Iron yes. Man match, the first time that we're that we're seeing it, that without any kind of of um backing of understanding the structure of it it it's almost like they're subverting the structure before they've created the structure i also you guys are correct you guys are looking at the iron man match as like a brand they're like a new product they're introducing and i think that's where also i think that's where maybe we're like not we're on we're not talking it feels like we're talking about different stuff because like they don't give a fuck about they ever do an iron man match after this ever again it's just like, especially Pat Patterson, the guy who had being known as the longest ring intercontinental champion from a tournament that didn't exist. Like, it's all about the showmanship of this one match. And when they do it now, it's bad, like the Nigerian drum match or like the one-off weird stipulations. But this wasn't designed to be like, oh, well, we'll use the Iron Man match. This format, which will be repeated over and over again, they're going to make the Iron Man format whatever they want for the purpose of this story. So it's all about, like, the intention. You can't really separate one from the other and be like, well, this wasn't really a showcase for the Iron Man match because that's that's not really what they're doing. They're not trying to launch the Iron Man match. No, I, I understand that. I understand, look, I understand it's serving the purpose of the story. What I'm saying is um, the the stru- sometimes the structure is uh, is distracting in a sense, and 
you know, and having, and especially when they call out the structure and all of those things. I, you know, like, I know that, I know what you're getting, I know you got out of it what you wanted to get out of it, but what I'm, what I'm expressing is that, you know, they, they're, you know, they, they're introducing this thing, it's supposed to be, this is a special match, and then this special match has these special stipulations, and they talk about the stipulations, and they harp on the stipulations, and then we don't really see any of the stipulations play out. We've, we've made this comment about other, gimmick matches before and i know that i know that in this case it's not the match is serving the, the 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 gimmick is serving the match i understand that but it's still you know this is still a fat a part of it you know so, but that, so basically but, that's, I, but, but I, what i'm getting confused is like it's not that like but you're making something they did something wrong instead of just like a choice that you don't like <laughs> because they use i said i'm saying it's a choice i don't well, i'm saying it's a choice i don't like i mean that's i mean look am i am i going and saying they fucked up the iron man match no i'm saying i didn't i i don't i the problem i had with this match is is you know one of the problems I have with this match is that aspect of it, but and I, I guess you I'm know like I don't I also yeah is that like sorry so for on. example you say like you know they say all these things but then they don't deliver as if like that's discordant but the whole point is to keep continue to to set us up that they're doing that on purpose it's not a, it's not like a mistake that they're saying it and not delivering it and not realizing that's discordant they're purposely stor- stirring that discord they're purposely trying to get you to anticipate like inherent in this match is multiple pinfalls it's inherent and that's why they keep talking about it because there's going to be more than one the whole time and then when it doesn't happen it's not because they they didn't they didn't uh fail to deliver what they were trying to do they were trying to do that no i understand but also again i I, as i said sometimes they sometimes they swerve one or two more times than i want them to uh, so I know, uh, look, I, I know that they, I, I understand that they're intentional. I understand the intentionality about this. Um, you know, I, I still think though that, you know, the, that the plan they had and everything that they were going for was, you know, it, 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 part of it felt flat to me. That's it. You know, seeing the scoreboard for an entire match and, you know, and just kind of being like, Oh, at the end, this is just, you know, this is just a match that leads to one pinfall was not, it didn't get, it didn't make me on pins and needles waiting for somebody to, to score the the next pinfall. I mean, like, I was like, okay, so when's a, is there going to be a pinfall? At a certain point, I kind of caught on and I was like, there is not going to be a pinfall. They're going to do something. So that's, that was my reaction. What about the action of the match? What were some, uh, what were some favorite moments in it? I love that super kick to the announcer. That guy I know. ate his fucking shoe, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, were, I mean, there were all the times where uh, Michaels went like flying out of the ring, like <laughs> with just like, with, with usually taking a bump. He would just go flipping out of the ring. Those were fun. I the one thing I noticed was, uh, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but watching Brett wrestle is like watching a snake eat. Like you just kind of see him just wrapping himself around like his around his prey. I guess they both kind of did it, but they just kind of like it's the rest holds. But they just like sit there and you're like, okay, he's it, there's gonna be some action soon. I know, I know he's gonna, I know he's gonna swallow that thing. And in all of the uh, the submission moves, have we talked about this before? What's the difference between a tap out and like hitting the mat to build your strength? 
there's one point where where Brett is literally slapping the mat, and I'm like, that looks like he's tapping out to what Shawn Michaels is do- the or the arm bar or whatever Shawn Michaels is doing to him. I think it's the tempo that you slap. <laughs> like if you go like like, or if you go like. I think it's usually like a nod too. They they usually like the refs like wait are you I think the ref asked them like are you submitting? <laughs> yes, this is an official submission. Please I am submitting. sign here, initial here. It's like the CPR. Like, are you choking? Are you submitting? I spent a bunch of time in this match wondering what the three guys in the front row were talking about because they didn't seem too like into the match, but they seemed like they were having a good time. I agreed. I, I, I they, that was one of the things I took a cue from them a little bit. Like, and you know, we talk about how the action was, and it was a very, it had a lot of like dips, and I like, I definitely felt like I was like, oh, is the crowd like how how into this is the crowd? Like at times they were just kind of sitting there and watching. At times I thought they were just kind of like you know drinking beers and talking. There's some very interesting people watching that happened for me during this match. Like the blonde woman who appeared to be wearing her prom dress right in smack dab in the middle of it. I missed that one. I did too. It was a bright blue spangly number. Um, What was up with that with the – the with, okay, was it on purpose that the, the camera at the uh, outside at the ring corner was like not prepared I don't think for so. – yeah. I don't know that was on purpose. It looked like they didn't expect him to go flying out like that. Yeah, because it was. I was just like, "Oh, it, it looks like something." And then, fortunately, they had a better angle. But I was like, "Oh, okay, that was not helpful." But this all ramps up to that last ten minutes, and that was just like fantastic action, fantastic reversals that blocked uh, sharpshooter attempting, then the figure four, and eventually getting that one-legged Boston crab when Shawn Michaels finally gets the ropes. Yeah, I mean this is great stuff. I mean they're just they're just so in sync and so in rhythm with each other. It's crazy. And also they really don't like each other. Though they also say <laughs> that uh you know Brett also at some points claims that that was also like they were partially working everyone and like playing up that they even like each other even less. It's kind of hard to say. So but I've heard both and they've gotten in like physical confrontations in the back. There's a lot of politicking and things around. Brett is like Mr. Sour Grapes all the time about everything. I mean it's fascinating these two. Have they ever said I'd, like a uh, like an inciting incident between the rivalry between the two of them? Well, there's a bunch. I mean, there's the idea that a they're the, they're competing for the same spots, top babyface. So there's a little natural competition there. Uh, there's an attitude difference. Shawn Michaels also wanted to work with his friends. He wanted to like after he won the belt, he wanted to be the. They were talking about like well, he wanted to work with X Pac and he wanted to work with like uh, all these other Pete like his buddies um, and Brett thought he should like put over some of the new people there was that there was a rumor at one point that brett was having an affair with sunny and sean made a reference to it in an on-air promo i believe uh something about sunny days i think we might have even discussed this i think uh, I, that sounds familiar I, I, so he, oh it's when he talked about one man's sunny as another man's sunset <laughs> <laughs> but that was a big thing and they just just didn't like each other they had some at they just had attitude they just like didn't get along sean was had kind of like a party guy with like a chip on his shoulder and brett was like a very traditionalist uh person who like always you know there's a people there's wrestling historians uh among us the scholars when i go to my conferences uh there are those there are those who believe that like brett hart was like always put in the position of like paper champion was like always brought in when the company was doing badly 
and was always given the belt then to like kind of fix things as in in between um and to set up the next big guy but it was never like really his time uh though i think this last run that he had here is a pretty substantial run but anyway um yeah so there's just like a lot of there's a lot of those like feelings there and Bernhardt had like a lot of grievances and felt like he was getting the short end of the stick in a lot of kinds of situations and Shawn Michaels was the golden boy and being given the reins uh, and all that. So like, I get a lot of Tamisha Iman and Candy Muse uh, vibes from Brett and and Shawn. A hundred percent. And so you know they're not holding back on these shots during this match. Like you know they're laying it in. So uh, I think this also like helped ratchet everything up a little bit. Yeah, I, I like it's funny when you say that like uh, uh that that um Brett's like, "Oh, well, it was kind of a work, blah blah blah." I think this is one of those like, you know, maybe maybe there was a point where it was a little bit of a work, but more like working yourself into a shoot type of situation oh, yeah. where it's like like you're like, you know, did you ever did you ever uh, you know, play that game where, you know, you and your friend are like, you know, you're like uh, pretending to be in a fight and then all of a sudden you're actually in a fight and you actually have both have like hurt feelings about something and you're like whoa what what is this what even happened here you know like or like you know like a, a rat play wrestling so suddenly starts like to get like a little bit uh rough did you ever um make a deal with a duke to pretend that you were lovers to keep a local gossip <laughs> columnist out of your life only to actually fall in love <laughs> Very that, very that. And then one of you said, uh, "I will never have a child." I sorry, I promised my fa- my dead father this. Ugh. Should best, I know this reference? Show. It's Bridgerton. It's best Bridgerton. About, the best show ever, all about cum. <laughs> so much about cum. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, how is everyone not talking about it all the time? You're like, this is the show that your mom watches about cum. Uh, like, feel like that's. We should be discussing that more. Oh, we could talk about the uh, the end of regulation here. Brett puts um, Sean into the sharpshooter, but but Sean does not tap. The time is up, and we think that that's it. Brett's walking away with the championship when Gorilla Monsoon grabs the mic and says, no, there will be sudden death. And then we see that there's a big fucking loogie on Brett's face. Brett also. This oh, is, who spit on Brett? I think someone in the either. I think someone in the audience. No. Oh no! I think it was Ugh. just his own spit. Just uh, kind of like wound up all, all over on his face. That could be. But again, words come. Gives, you never know. This gives a good. You know, this also like helps this build the story of like. Well, Brett can kind of claim like those weren't the rules, and now you change the rules last minute, and you know, also adds legitimacy to his gripe. You know that he's he still ha- can claim being just as good or whatever really beat. So I like this. Little yeah, thing. I was, I was wondering if if that was going to be a storyline they'd play up, which is because like you know uh, from the from a perspective of Brett, it's like I had him in the sharpshooter. If you ju- if if you decided to say uh, we're going into uh, you know uh, sudden death while he's in the sharpshooter, then I could have totally made him submit. Heart. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. But instead, Sean hits sweet chin music. We get the one, two, three, and Sean is overcome with emotion. And 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 Brett has to walk out watching like the jumbo, the Titantron of of uh, Sean Michaels looking at the belt. Or you might have seen uh, Sean Michaels tell Earl, Earl Hebner to tell Bret Hart to get the fuck out of his ring. 
This is his moment. Oh, is that what he said to him? Yep. That is what Shawn Michaels says to Earl Hebner to tell Bret Hart. Now, I mean, no one is disputing he said that because he very clearly says that. And that's what Bret Hart says he said in his book. But some people – and Pritchard is what I'm talking about. Actually, ironically, uh, Pritchard did an episode on this WrestleMania not uh, fairly recently, sometime this year. Um, But Pritchard framed it as – you know, they had a limited amount of time before they went off air. And pay-per-view, like, back then, pay-per-view can't run over. There's no running over. So they have to end, and they have to get that sort of hero shot of Sean celebrating with the belt. Like, and Sean knows that. Like, that's part of the instruction. And there's the timekeeper, whose role actually at that time was literally timekeeping in terms of television. Um, and signaling when to wrap matches up and keep things moving along. Uh, you know, he has the camera guy, he's got Earl Hebner, all these people tell him like, he's got to move things along. So, and is Sean sort of like a flippant asshole in general? Yes. Yeah, so is it possible he kind of just said that cause he's feeling all that pressure? Sure. Or did maybe he say it cause he's an asshole? I think equally, equally possible. <laughs> bit of a work, bit of a shoot, bit of both. Exactly. Again, just adds a little, a little something on top of it. And did Brett catch and throw away a canadian flag on his way out did i see he that sure right? did man he I, sure did but I, he caught it and threw it so quickly i don't think it even registered to him what it was mm-hmm. like it was like and it was just gone like i don't think he even saw it with his eyes well you know what i did see with my eyes and my favorite bit of people watching right here so he wins uh sean wins the crowd jumps up to their feet, including a guy in the second row in a white T-shirt with the full pedo mustache and glasses combo singing along to Sexy Boy holding a disposable camera in his hands. I caught ah. that too, yep. I missed that, but I saw the little the little kid who might have been Blade Hart singing along to Sexy Boy, There was a oh. lot which is so weird. Yeah. I also like how they had to keep playing Sexy Boy over and over again because it wasn't long enough. Over. We heard Sexy Boy like five times. And Sexy Boy does not loop like correctly. It's not like a lot of, like I think most theme songs, they they are able to play ad nauseum because the end feeds into the beginning. Sexy Boy just starts with screeching and it does not work. Like the, ah, ah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, we, I, I would have made more comment about that, but honestly, didn't we have like a few pay per views where this already happened? I'm like, oh, I'm used to the the sexy boy on repeat uh, move. Who knows? It's been so long at this point since we were anywhere near this time period. It feels like in uh, in doing this this remake here, it feels so different. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Uh, and just to kind of so you know, like I uh, to give my my general. Uh, feeling about the match I think I can appreciate a lot of what Bobby was saying about it in terms of I think you know if you're a person who has a lot of experience with the product and if you like you know if it's kind of like one of those like similar to the old Hollywood things where you're, you're like you know you you you've read a bunch of stuff about it you you know it's like their relationship is fascinating the all the all the behind the scenes story behind it is fascinating um and i can appreciate i can appreciate aesthetically the story that's being told right i like i can appreciate that that Shawn michaels is wrestling in a style that's not his uh his high flying high risk style uh, and you can see that he's doing it as well as and or better than um, Bret Hart for this match. Uh, I 
I appreciate all of those things, but from like uh, from a gut reaction, my gut reaction to the match was I was bored for a lot of it. I think I was it was like I had to watch it in like two different si- sittings because I was falling asleep for the first like forty or fifty minutes, and then I kind of had to take from the you know on day two i like rewound to about the halfway mark and then watched it again and and i i think it picks up a lot in the last 10 minutes especially you know go right going into the you know just a little bit before overtime especially you know all of the 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 one-legged crab the sharpshooter all that stuff but for a lot of it even though i can appreciate what they're doing i understand you you if you're gonna do an hour-long match there's going to have to be some rest holds and that, you know, they were kind of telling a different story. It didn't, it wasn't something I, I necessarily would watch again. Well, I'm very interested to see how you react to the Iron Man match that is happening in the next pay-per-view we're looking at before we get to the end. Any Bobby, any last thoughts? Hmm. I'm trying to say they had like historical, pieces i'm uh leaving out that are important no it's just cool i mean like this is just it's a it's it's such a it feels like a whole different thing it feels like a different company it feels like a different everything everything about it feels different i mean it's just so crazy reacting they don't even have names for some of the stuff Shawn michaels is doing here which is like so um, like basic harakaranas or planches or whatever uh it's just cool. I just I really enjoyed it. I like the story a lot, and I did find my attention span tested through it for sure, like from what I'm expecting from the pacing of a match. But I enjoyed it. I really I like this one a lot. Awesome. Love us. Disagree. Want to lock us in a sharpshooter for 35 seconds. Um, wipe that loogie off our face. Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at HelenaCellPod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Midst by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavney. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again with Judgment Day 2000.